0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Singer-songwriter Sean Colvin performs live at the Birchmere tonight in Alexandria, Virginia. We spoke in 2017 when she performed at the Kennedy Center Spring Gala tribute to John Lennon, taking a deep dive into her own Grammy-winning hit, Sunny Came Home, which won Record of the Year and Song of the Year in 1998. Thanks so much for, for joining us, Sean.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Uh, how did they recruit you to get involved in this?
1: I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I, I maybe if I had paid more attention, I would. But I was like tribute to John Lennon, Kennedy Center. No problem. I'm there. I'm in.
0: (laughs) So that was an easy sell. (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever.
1: Totally easy sell.
0: (laughs) Have you ever performed there before?
1: I don't believe I have. I'm very excited. Yeah,
0: it's an awesome space. Well, have you been there? Have you ever even been there to even see anything?
1: To the Kennedy Center? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, wow. I'm hopeless. Yeah, I know.
0: No, that's cool. It's going to be such a that's going to make it even cooler for you. I'm excited for you. It's an awesome space. I've seen it on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Just explain. I mean, you kind of mentioned it off the top when you heard John Lennon. You're like, I got to be there. But explain sort of his. I mean, everyone's. There's been so much written about his musical contributions. But why? Why to you are you such a fan of John Lennon?
1: Well, let me just say, if it had been last year with Marvin Gaye, I would have jumped at that chance too. So, (laughs) um, you know, they're picking great people. Um, Well, John Lennon. Gosh. Uh, I'm performing uh, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away and um, I mean John Lennon, you can't I can't even describe the depth of meaning um, that uh, John Lennon's work has provided for me Um, and I like to say that You've Got to Hide Your your Love Away The, the performance of that on Help is something again that when I watched that performance, and this isn't you know the only song that I was interested in doing, but I'm so proud to do it and a little nervous because nobody will ever do it justice, but but him mm-hmm. and uh, the rest of the Beatles. But I can't even describe the um, the spark that I get from that. How moved I am when I watch him sing it. The uh, just the immensity of the talent and you know the it's just so deep it's just so deep for me um i i i wish i could be more specific with you but the years of um pleasure and inspiration i've gotten from john lennon um and the brief sort of time he had to give it to us and the sheer volume and brilliance of what he's contributed to us to me um is is you know a uh, Unmeasurable. Immeasurable.
0: Absolutely. Um of of before he did his, his awesome amazing solo stuff. I mean you're you're you were sort of alluding to all of his, his Beatles stuff. Every everybody has sort of a you know, their own you know, every Beatles fan has like their their one of the four that they were they're more some are more of a George guy or a Paul guy, but were you were you always a John guy or or, or how did that play?
1: <laughs> <for>? <laughs> Let me see. When when I was young we my friends and I did not pretend to be Beatles' girlfriends, we pretended to be the Beatles. Um, (laughs) Haircuts, too? (laughs) uh, Not so much the haircut, but the (laughs) hairbrush microphone, certainly. Nice. And, um, you know, play them at full tilt volume and act like we were them. And you know what? I can't honestly remember if I was um, Paul or John, but those are, you know, I was like nine or ten. And, you know, in the ensuing years, I've just become... Enamored, that's not even the adequate word, of all of them. I've gotten way deep into it, probably deeper than anybody should get. And I have friends who are so trivia savvy on everything that they've done um, George, Ringo, Paul, John, all of them. But we're here to honor John Lennon. And yes, his solo stuff is, um, you know, equally important to me and certainly was different and showed his evolution, you know, as, as a person um and and his values and uh, his his feelings you know and the the depth of his emotion about his life and his consciousness about it
0: so and, that was great work absolutely um and uh there's a ton of people along with yourself, um, that are gonna be performing as well. Um Corinne Bailey Ray, Judy Collins, uh, Taj Mahal, Stephen Van Sant, Esperanza Spaulding. It goes on and on. But are you are you fans of, of these folks too? Are have you are you Yeah, some... Amos
1: Lee too. Yeah, Amos you're Lee. Amos Lee. I yeah, mention Amos Lee. Man, tons uh, of people. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's a great group. Um probably Judy Collins in particular, you know, was a huge influence of mine. I don't even know what she's singing. Um, but my parents introduced me to Judy Collins um, when I was quite young. She was one of the first concerts I ever went to. I covered a lot of her songs and her interpretations of songs. So um, that's that's going to be a real thrill. And I just have you know utmost respect for everybody that's playing. Um, we'll do uh, an opener all together and an encore all together, and I think it's going to be fabulous.
0: That's great. Do you know what Kareem Bailey Ray is going to be performing? You
1: know, I should, but I don't know. I think (laughs) I've kind of kept it a secret to myself so that I would be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) You know, Um, there's songs I wanted to tackle, but I do not have the voice (laughs) to do them. So, um, like, don't. Don't let me down is one of them. I couldn't pull that off. We'll see if anybody does. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's
0: going to be great. I'm sure we'll hear all of them. Imagine and working class hero and give peace a chance and probably, oh yeah. I don't know instant karma. God, there's so many. There's so many. Not to mention all of them. those are just the single stuff. But the, all the Beatles stuff, man. you, the, you have, the songbook is amazing to choose from. And then I think uh, the whole the whole event's going to be emceed by uh, David Duchovny. Are you an X Files gal?
1: Uh, Yeah, and and have come to find through another project that was done recently called uh, In Their Lives, writers write on Beatles songs, and David's. I was a part of that. I submitted a a piece on a song, and apparently, David Duchovny is um you know massive, sick Beatles and John Lennon fan, (laughs) like uh, like just a few of us in this world, and he was also part of that book which will be coming out, I think, May 17th. Anyway, don't want to promote that. We're here to talk about something else. But, yeah, I imagine he'll be, you know, great and obviously loves the subject. That's so
0: great um take, let's uh, remind, let's remind uh, listeners that we've talked a lot about John Lennon, but let's go into to Sean Colvin's music career for a little bit because we all remember our son who came home of course, but way be- uh, way before that uh how, you grew up in in South Dakota, is that right or but then you you, I didn't, did. you didn't you move around a little bit all over the place Illinois London all over the place uh, how did you get into music
1: you know, I was born into music, and that's the truth <laughs> um you know. E- You know, we, I listened to church music (laughs) when I was little, I was in a small enough town. We didn't have AM radio. Um, and you know, my brother wasn't into rock and roll, so I didn't have him as a predecessor to introduce me to Elvis and uh, stuff like that, which I got into later. But you know, when the Beatles got on Ed Sullivan, woo! (laughs) um, that was a big turning point for me. Um, But before then, I was in junior choir, I loved the church music, Um, I took piano lessons starting at age six, and my dad was a huge Kingston Trio fan, and we had guitars and banjos in the house, and he taught me to play when I was about 10 years old, and I I couldn't put it down after that. So I loved singing, I learned to play the guitar, and I was off.
0: That's awesome. Tell me about the Dixie Diesels down in Austin.
1: Oh my (laughs) gosh. Well, we started in Illinois, actually, um, where I went to high school. And, um, that, Dixie Diesel's very much patterned after *Asleep at the wheel. And I was the, um, uh, sort of the token girl singer. Um, I was an important part of the band, but I was not the leader of the band, but I really got, you know, up till then I'd listened to mostly folk music and pop music. And, um, I really got versed, well-versed in, in country music and swing music and, um, then moved to Austin, which, um, you know, exposed me to, to even more of that, and we would play dance halls, and I learned the two-step and the and the shottish. It's a whole nother culture, and great songwriters, storytellers um, in this area that I um, heretofore hadn't known anything about, like Joe Ely and Bush Hancock and um, Uncle Walt's band, which people don't generally know about that group, and just a whole slew of amazing storytellers Texas guys and girls
0: that's awesome but uh, speaking of the folk stuff you made your way to to Greenwich Village and even did some off-Broadway stuff
1: <laughs> I did uh, <laughs> you know I I worked as a waitress a lot but um, I liked to think I could act a little bit but the the, the uh, musical I was in was actually a Broadway show but it was a touring um, a touring act of that show it was called Pump Boys and Dinettes hey. Right. And oh,
0: was, that was the show. We we literally just interviewed uh, Deborah Monk, who wrote some of the music. No, yeah, what that, a great
1: actress! Too. Oh Deborah's really done great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I played I played Deborah Deborah Monk's part, and that's Maria Maldar played um, Cass's part. That's so great. we were the two waitresses. We were the dinettes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, it how, was. How did you make your way to get signed to by Columbia? Then
1: well. After many years of just covering people's songs, um, I met John Leventhal, and he said, why don't you write some lyrics to some stuff I have? And because I was a really reluctant writer, I thought, how am I going to ever be as good as these songwriters that I simply cherish and are heroes of mine, like Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and Jackson Brown and Paul Simon, Mm -hmm. the Beatles, of course. And um, so we wrote some songs like that, and they were really bad, and I was trying to write pop music, and, you know, I was just so sick of trying to find a genre for myself, and then it occurred to me several years into things, maybe when I was 27 years old, that my heroes were, by and large, folk music heroes and songwriters that could hold their own with an acoustic guitar in their voice, and I thought, you know, I'm good at that, but the only thing that was missing was really writing decent songs of type with all my heart and soul wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So once I kind of made that realization of what my real voice was and what I was good at, um, I changed up my songwriting style. I took pieces of music that John gave me and I would transpose them to just acoustic guitar, even if they were fully produced demos. And um, because of that, I wrote a song called Diamond in the Rough. And that was kind of the launch pad, you know, for me. I was like, okay. This makes sense. You know, this is how I was meant to write. It's, it's the music I was meant to do and everything kind of followed that. Awesome.
0: It's I always I just think these these backstories are fascinating. All right, so your debut album Steady On, uh, it won it won a Grammy, right, for a contemporary folk album?
1: It did. What was that like?
0: Did, did. you go to the ceremony? Heck yeah. Mem- I did. Memories, memories, and, uh,
1: memories. Uh it was I mean it was my first record. I was like 29 years old. I'd been trying to do this all my life. And that's relatively old to get a record deal and put out your first record. And I felt after Steady On came out that if I never did anything else, I would have made my dream come true, and I was a happy, satisfied person. Just the fact that it came out. And, you know, they have a dinner the night before the Grammys, kind of a nominee celebration dinner, and um, Bonnie Raitt was there. And she took me aside, and she said, she kind of whispered, and she said, I voted for you. Oh, my now, God. Yeah, that was, I know. So, just getting nominated, the record coming out, somebody like Bonnie Raitt saying that to me, was, you know, it was as good as winning. I never expected to win. And then, to it, you know, i uh, my friend Mary Tapin Carpenter was there, and I will never forget this. I uh, went off stage, and she was there, and I was just so... Over the moon, and I just attacked her and gave her this bear hug. And I only found out later that I had stepped on her toe um, oh, no. when I did that, and was just killing her. Um, but she uh, <laughs> she didn't stop me. She didn't stop me. So that was just that was bliss. That was a dream come true. <laughs> not stepping on her toe. Did, you, Win, did she winning sc- the award? Did she scream? That was the shout
0: in down at the twist and shout. Now we know where she gets her song lyrics. Mary Chapin. <laughs> that's great.
1: No, she didn't make a peep. She <laughs> she uh she held me and and was as dear as could be. and Only told me later that I'd squished her toe. That's so
0: great. Take me into the that, that I love. It. See, but see, I love it because you know everyone's like talk, you know some people too many people get caught up into you know whether your song wins or not at those awards, but these human stories like with Mary Chapin or like you said with Bonnie Wright giving the compliment, that must just mean so much more than, than any accolade so that's so awesome
1: um, you know, it, it it does It's you know, not, I, of course you always want to meet your heroes mm-hmm. but when your heroes say I like what you do, I don't think there's anything better than
0: that I just don't that's validation right there um, take me into uh, coming up with I Don't Know Why that song, I remember that one well did you write did you write that one?
1: I did. I wrote that one by myself years before I wrote anything else, which is kind of con- contrary to what I just told you, but <laughs> um I didn't think I was a songwriter and I just moved to New York and I was really kind of bereft and lonely and I was taking the D train to the Bronx and that song just came into my head. And it's sort of like a comforting lullaby that I didn't write for anybody but myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was kind of writing this um uh, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. And the music and the lyrics came into my head. I don't know if I even played it for months. I just knew what it sounded like. But it finally ended up on my second record called Fat City. And I'll never forget, you know, the record company is always looking for a single, of course. And uh, Sinead O'Connor's version of Nothing Compares to You was out at the time and so the record company was like we need to make it sound like nothing compares to you <laughs> so that was the like um uh, inspiration for the production which i wasn't you know thrilled about but I made compromises in those days.
0: (laughs) That's funny. For a song named, you're trying to compare to Nothing Compares. I I don't know if that worked out, but it worked worked out for you. You got nominated again. I think, God, I mean, you've been nominated for like 10 different Grammys, so whatever. They all run together after a while.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think seven, maybe, not 10, but who's counting? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever it is, it's a pretty high count. all right well we got we get, we'd be remiss if we don't go into Sunny came home because that one won song and record of the year. I was like that was that must have just been a whirlwind experience, but I want to know how you came how you came up with that one because uh, you co wrote it with with Leventhal, right
1: I did yeah. um again, he had some music. it was the last song to be completed. I was stuck um and what happened was, oh, and by the way, with A Few Small Repairs, that record, we gave up trying to please the record company, and it just goes to show you what happens when you just follow your thing and try not to worry about, you know, what's marketable or uh, what somebody else thinks might be successful. At any rate, um, I didn't know what to write, and I started lyrics that were really bad. Um, and, but ahead of time... I had decided, you know, I don't want my picture on the cover of this record. It, all of it's been a photograph of me. And what I really want is a painting by this woman, Julie Speed, who is a friend and whose work I adore. It's uh, it, it's almost, it's got a wry sense of humor many times. And if people don't remember, uh, this painting was of a woman in the foreground with a lit match. Um on an, obviously a vast prairie, which resonated with me, being from South Dakota, and in the background <laughs> was clearly a massive fire, and I thought, A Few Small Repairs, which is another title of a different painting that she has, A Few Small Repairs, which is kind of funny to me, because obviously, these were not small repairs, or, or even repairs, this was like arson, you know, and I thought, why not write about the woman woman in the painting, and this was really new for me, because I'm not write about characters much i kind of write about myself and i uh, and then the lyrics started to come to me sunny came home so that was her name i think i called her sally at first honestly <laughs> and then uh, i changed that sunny's better
0: that's so fascinating that i was inspired by paintings i love that that's that's such a great story um, that's great. Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it though, I mean, lyrics, you're, you're painting a picture in your mind. I mean, it's kind of like doing radio. though, like what we do, but for, for you music, I mean, explain how sort of when you're writing lyrics you're you're literally painting visual pictures in, in listeners' minds.
1: You're trying to, yeah. I think good songs have, um, I don't know how I want to put it, even visuals within the emotion, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't just kind of bleed on the page every time. Um but this was a great you know you're in every song I mean I'm in Sunny you know it was just but I'll tell you that song was fun you know, it was just flat out fun, and and they're not always fun. Absolutely,
0: I just I think it's great. Between that one and Independence Day, two of the best songs of the '90s, burning down houses, oh, just burning yeah, houses, burning <laughs> down houses. But I know, but and all Who the, thought? but all the symbolism. I mean, talk about how sort. I mean, in that at least, how the fire is sort of symbolic, escaping your past, moving on. You know, there's a lot you can do with fire.
1: There's a lot you can do. You're uh, obviously, yeah, you're getting rid of stuff, but I think. In Sunny's case, and I don't really know why she did what she did, but mm-hmm. she set the fire, obviously. And I think she was getting revenge on someone. I think she was esca- escaped though. You're right; she was escaping something probably pretty, probably pretty horrible, and and um, you know, liberating herself.
0: That's, I love it. Well, it's an amazing song, uh, and, an, and a and a, a, and a consistently uh, enjoyable career from you. So we love your music, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, back out there to salute John Lennon. Uh, I guess just in closing, uh, why why should we come out? If they heard this, what well, gets them there? Why should they come?
1: Oh gosh, well <laughs> it's an incredible. <laughs> it's the I mean, Kennedy Center certainly deserves to be supported big time. I mean, it's an incredible cause, you know, and um. Part of the payoff is the entertainment. And if you want to hear some great artists' coverage on Lennon, and why wouldn't you? Um, treat yourself. It's bound to be inspiring, and certainly beautiful, and um, it's for a great, great uh, institution.
0: Awesome. Well, you're more than generous with your time. Sean Colvin on WTOP, thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're welcome, and thanks for your support. I sure appreciate it.
0: All right. See
1: you there. Take care. Bye.